I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. The following podcast contains explicit language. Okay, Liz, do you want to look at the mugs I got? Yes. Um, I was thinking this for Mark, get shit done. Wow, that's that's fitting. Right? Yeah. Um, and maybe for Erin, it's beginning to look a lot like fuck this. I like it. <laughs> She'll like it, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and Stacy, Badass Babes Club. Love it. That's nice. And then for Melanie, well, the patriarchy isn't going to fuck itself. Perfect. Right? <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll talk about why it's important to put yourself out there, even when you don't feel like it. And then we'll answer a listener question about how to parent an aspiring TV writer. And then Sarah's got a makeup-related bomb, and we have a musical hit courtesy of our incredible The Fix composer, Greg Trippy. And finally, our Happier in Hollywood producer, Chuck Reed, will share this week's Hollywood hack to help remember passwords, which we all have like 80,000 of. Yes, we do. But first, Sarah, we have a couple updates. We want to tell everyone about the perfect holiday gift Gift of a podcast. Yes, this is something Gretchen, your sister, Gretchen Rubin, started, and it's super cool. Yeah, I mean, we realized that so many people love podcasts and want to share podcasts with other people. And in this time when people want to acquire less and focus more on the gift of an experience Mm -hmm. for the holidays, this is not only a wonderful experience to open up someone's eyes to podcasting, but it's free. And ears. And ears, yeah. It's their ears (laughs) to podcasting. So what you do is you go to giftofpodcast.com, and you can download a PDF, and it's essentially a gift certificate for a podcast. You fill it out, who it's for, what podcast you think this person would like. It doesn't have to be Happier or Happier in Hollywood or Side Hustle School. It can be literally any podcast. 
And you say why you think they like it, and you can decorate it, do whatever you want to it. And then there's a second page, if you want to print it out, that has instructions on how to subscribe to a podcast. So this, you can really introduce someone to the world of podcasting with this free gift. So we recommend that everybody do that. You know, I was just thinking um, at Violet School, you're not allowed to give teachers gifts. Mm. But this is a free gift. Yes. That's something I could give them that I could kind of personalize. Yes. And at least feel like, you know, I'm doing something that's meaningful, um, even if I can't spend any money, which is kind of nice. Yes. I can think of, oh, my God, so many great podcasts. Should we yeah, list some podcasts that we would give? I mean, Homecoming, for one. We both love Homecoming. Dirty John. This is 50. Oh, yes. For any woman in your life who's over, I'd say, 35. We love that podcast. Satellite Sisters, of course, is one of our favorites. And of course, Sarah, for all the political junkies out there, Pod Save America, you can't go wrong with that one. Well, depending on who your audience is. (laughs) But we like it. (laughs) Slow Burn, which I'm listening to now, is fascinating and um, timely. And then... For so many people who have young kids, Mm -hmm. there are amazing kid podcasts, Little Stories for Tiny People, Circle Round is one that Violet's discovered recently that's amazing, Brains On if you're interested in uh, brains, (laughs) (laughs) Wow in the World is a great science podcast. And then, Sarah, for any... Anyone who loves food or any chef in your life, we'd recommend Inside Julia's Kitchen, which is a podcast hosted by our friend Todd Shulkin, who is um, the head of the Julia Child Foundation. And it's all about cooking. And he talks to incredibly interesting people, chefs and other people in the business. Um, and it's just like a lovely thing to listen to. It really is. And Todd has a like bizarrely soothing voice. He does. We never knew that about him no, until we take his it for voice granted. was in our ear. <laughs> anyway, this is an amazing gift that anyone can give. Just go to giftofpodcast.com. And then, Sarah, we want to revisit a subject we talked about in episode 80. Yes. Um, a listener wrote in asking how to deal with a verbally abusive boss. And we called our friend Nichelle Tramble and um, heard all about how she dealt with a verbally abusive boss, which the upshot of that story was she quit at lunch. Her mother her said, first day. get to step in. Yes. Um, but it really sparked a lot of comments, a lot of emails, because many people have had this experience. And I think in general, people really felt like, quit. It's yeah. not worth it. Life's too short. Find another job. Don't stay. That was overwhelmingly the the um, opinion of everyone. Although people who work in agencies were supporting the idea of becoming a floater, just moving to another yes, agency. Yes, yes. That is the good thing about if you have an abusive boss in an agency, usually it's possible to move. Yes. Um, But we got one particularly interesting response from Joanne, who wrote, I was surprised that when they were talking about the abusive boss, no one suggested talking to the boss directly. When I was in my 20s, I worked for a large law firm. I was asked to work for one of the senior partners, but was warned by everyone that she was just awful (laughs) and that no one lasted with her. She was as bad as advertised, and I did consider quitting on the first day. But at the end of the day, I walked into her office and told her that I would not accept her behavior and that if she wanted me to continue working for her, she would never yell at me again. 
it worked. She still yelled at situations and at other people, but she never yelled at me again, and I worked there for the better part of a year before I moved on. And yes, I got a lot of prestige by lasting with her. I love that less than a year counts as lasting. I know. Um <laughs> I have to tell you, I would never recommend this in Hollywood. I don't think I would either. I admire that yeah. Joanne did it. I think yes. you have to be a very particular kind of person to do to feel comfortable doing that. Uh, like, I'm super impressed. I don't think I could pull it off. Well, I don't think I could pull it off. And I wouldn't advise anyone to because I think it really in Hollywood could backfire on you. You could mm -hmm. end up getting blackballed. Yeah. Um, uh, it's very Which is not risky. fair. We it's should acknowledge not fair, that's not it's fair. It's wrong, but we're dealing with the reality yeah. of working in L.A. We're not dealing with what how it should be to work in L.A. Right, exactly. Or, or every other industry. So I think that's a tough one. Um, I will say when I was 22, there was someone at the comp a company where I worked. I was the receptionist. And there was someone in the office who was just very snappy and mean and so one day I just snapped right back at her. And from then on, she loved me and we never had another problem. So that that worked. That is interesting. But she wasn't like calling me the C word. Right. She was just being very brusque. <laughs> well, and you have a particular way also about you of sort of, I don't know, endearing people to you or just, you know. Well, thank you. You have a thing. Thank you. <laughs> I try. You won her over, Liz. I try. <laughs> With your incompetence as a receptionist. Yes. <laughs> she was just like, we got to move this person on. <laughs> yes. That is a whole other story of how yeah. my dad told me not to feel bad that I was not a good receptionist <laughs> because I wanted to move up anyway. Yeah. And you did. And I did. Yes. Um, anyway, so whatever our listener does, whether she gets to stepping Mm -hmm. Or asks for another agent or floats or... Decides to confront her boss. Yes, please let us know. We're very, very interested to know how this turns out. Yeah, and so is everyone else. Yes. We're all, as a group, invested in this. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's putting yourself out there even if you don't feel like it. Right. And as many things do that we discuss, this comes from personal experience. Right. Yes. We um, last week uh, were asked to be on a panel. We were asked many months ago. And yes. we said yes. Um, and then it actually happened last week. And I think we've talked maybe a thousand times about how busy we've been and how exhausted we are. Yeah. And it was the last thing we felt like doing. Yeah. The funny thing is when we agreed to it, we thought, oh, we'll be done shooting then. So everything will be calm and relaxed and we'll feel like doing things. And then the day came and it was the last thing we felt like doing, um, even though it was a very important panel, which is why we wanted to do it to begin with. Yeah. It was a women in film panel and it was a discussion on diversity in casting. Sort which of. is something we believe in so passionately. Yeah, it was about diversity of all kinds in casting and sort of what's the state of it and how can we increase it. Um, and we were the only people there who are from the creative writing side. Um, everybody else was really high up in casting at various studios. Um, and there was someone from the Annenberg Foundation who had the stats on diversity, which was pretty depressing. But yeah. anyway, it was a very important panel. And we thought, yes, this is something we should do. And then we just so didn't want to do it. We're so drained. 
Um, but we forced ourselves to keep our commitment and show up, and we're so glad we did. So glad we did. It really was a great panel. So many important points were made. We learned a lot. We learned a lot. It was great to reconnect with some of the casting people we'd worked with yes. before and to meet new people who are really um, high-powered and passionate in that world. Yeah. You know, and so it got us to thinking about how often you need to put yourself out there even when you don't feel like it. Because it's easy to do it when you feel like it. But when you don't feel like it is when you need to make a point of doing it anyway. Right. And let's be honest. How often do people really feel like it? Yeah. Probably like one out of 20 times. <laughs> right. Exactly. I would, I would say. Yes. Um, and as you pointed out the other day, Liz, it's it's one of those things that successful people will do things that other people won't do. Yes, that's something my sister reminds me of a lot. Um, and it's really true. Every time, yep. it's true. Like, anytime I think of that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. Because these things really do contribute to your own success. It's like, yes, you want to go and be part of this panel and talk about this important topic, but it's also on a totally selfish level. It's just good to be out there and engaging with people. And seen. I mean, I think part of it is no matter what industry you're in, there are opportunities to be seen, to have your voice heard, to be seen as a leader in your field. Um, you know, if you're in a union, you can be part of the union leadership. If you're something as small as if you work in an office and somebody's on the office birthday committee, be one of those people. You mm -hmm. know, be seen, be a doer. Um, and it's it can be hard because you can feel not only like you just don't feel like doing it, like, oh, I'd rather go home than go to a union meeting tonight. But beyond that, I think we know a lot of people, including us at times, who struggle with the sort of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Which is when you don't feel like you're qualified to be a leader in your field or right. an expert in your field. Do I really have something valuable to say about this? Yes. And we could have said, well, what do we know about diversity in casting? We haven't studied this. We haven't been on a committee of diversity in casting. All we know is from our own little slice of the world. But you know what? We know a lot just because of how long we've been doing this. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's something that we actually engage with and think about almost every day. And for everyone out there, I'm sure there are areas in their work that they're experts in that they have a lot to say about that they don't realize. So embrace your expertness. Yes. That's 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 a good idea. We're going to do it. Yes. <laughs> um, and because one thing, and this is kind of a harsh truth, Sarah, but yeah. it is true. You can either be seen, like when you're young, when you're 25, you can be seen as a young upstart. And that's right. kind of your thing. You can be a wonderkin. You can be, oh, the young whippersnapper a in the disruptor. office. Yes. But when you reach a certain age, you better be seen as an expert or you're going to be seen as irrelevant. Right? And nobody wants to be irrelevant. That's nobody so wants stark. to be aged out. I know, but it's true. It's true. I mean, am I wrong? No. I know. It's harsh, but it's true. <laughs> Um, so, um, so you know, embrace your knowledge, embrace your voice, embrace your wisdom, and get out there and share it with people, even if you don't want to. Yes. Say yes to these opportunities. And wear something warm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I was so cold on that panel. I thought I was going to die. I almost walked up or I almost walked out in the middle of it and went and got my coat. That would have been really <laughs> awkward. 
Um, now, obviously, this doesn't just apply to work. I mean, we're talking about it in a work context, but this yeah. can apply in your personal life as well. Oh, the PTA at school. Yes. Like the parent association. Yes. I should be like, I should get my butt in there. Yeah. Go which I always say I'm going to do, yes. but then I don't. But I'm going to now. Yeah. And even just being someone who organizes things. Who's, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a real problem with that. I was actually thinking last night about all the different things I've been invited to and like how I never invite anyone to anything because I'm never the one organizing. Right. Um, and I need to do that. Not just for having people over, but even organizing going to a movie. I mean, just something simple. Yeah. A mom in Violet's class did that a couple weeks ago, invited a big group to an event. And I mean, I bow down to her. Yes. I need to do that. Um, and the other thing is, whether it's personal or professional, you never know who you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put yourself out there, you don't know who you might run across. And the funny thing is, you could meet someone in your personal life who would help with your professional life, and you can meet someone in your professional life who will enhance your personal life. So there is crossover. Absolutely. But it won't happen if you're not out there. No. So we're going to now, obviously, we don't want to go out every single night to a different panel or networking event and never see our children. There is a balance here. I think my personal thought is we should try to do something at least once a month. Okay. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh. We are in agreement we're, once a month. This is why we're a team. <laughs> we, we're in sync. Yes. <laughs> so once a month, you and I are going to go put ourselves out there, whether we want to or not. Yes. Once a month professionally. And then we should also mm. say once a month personally. Okay. That's going to be harder for me. Me but, too. Okay. You heard it here first. We're accountability partners in this. Yes. <laughs> okay. Next up, we will answer a question about parenting an aspiring entertainment professional. But first, an ad break. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Okay, Liz, now it's time for a segment we call The Mail Room, in which we answer a listener question about the entertainment industry. So we got an email from Jane Doe uh, (laughs) that reads, Do you have any advice for the parents of aspiring Hollywood writers? My daughter is a recent college graduate who wants to be a TV writer. She recently got a job as a writer's PA on a fairly high-profile show. I understand that this is a good first step, but still the ultimate goal seems like such a pie-in-the-sky ambition that it is hard to be supportive. Do you have any advice for parents in this situation? 
how do we best support our young adult kids in pursuing these ambitions? What's a reasonable time period before we start helpfully researching law school application <laughs> deadlines? How do we determine whether our kids are on a viable path or whether it is time to encourage them to throw in the towel? Well, oh, my. Okay, so, Sarah, I have a very strong feeling about this, and I say this with the utmost of love. Back the fuck off. <laughs> I'm like, it's your kid's life. <laughs> yeah. She or she's already a writer's PA on a high profile show. She's doing great. That is a huge deal. Yeah. She is doing just fine. Yeah. It is not pie in the sky. Not if she's smart enough to get herself in that position as a recent college graduate. Yep, she's doing well. I have every confidence she's gonna make it. Yeah, and you know, I also have very strong feelings about this because when we moved here, my mother panicked. I mean, uh-huh. since we're breaking out the F word already, I'm just going <laughs> to say it. She fucking panicked. I mean, yeah. she called everyone she knew. She called my dad from whom she'd been divorced for 20 something uh-huh. years. She called my aunt. Like she called everyone and was like, "You have to talk to her. You have to get her not to do this." She thought I was going to be like a heroin addict on Hollywood right. Boulevard. <laughs> she was absolutely convinced that I was going to fail and like come crawling home. Mm-hmm. And I get the fear. I it's, do. It's a very unpredictable industry. Yeah. It is hard to make it. It's competitive. It's um, erratic. You know, the, the people's behavior is erratic. But nonetheless, if this is what you want to do, like, go, you have to go for it. Yeah. And the thing I would say about, you know, law school is, one, as our assistant Mary pointed out, a lot of people are graduating from law school and having trouble finding jobs as lawyers. And law school is miserable, and nobody if, actually yes. really wants to go through that it's, if it's not something they really want to do. And it's expensive. Yeah. And what I would say is what you don't want to do is browbeat your daughter into going to law school so that three years from now she can be a hun- or hundreds of thousands in debt yeah. and then say, you know, I'm going to go back to L.A. Of course, I do have to say a law degree is very useful in L.A., but that's a separate conversation. But if it's not what she wants to do, there's just no point. You're just driving her off her path. And it's just, you know, I'm talking about it 20 years into a career here. Yeah. It hurts my feelings that my mom didn't believe in me and, yeah. you know, like yeah. didn't support that. It hurt my feelings then mm-hmm. and it hurts my feelings now. And I think just... Being supportive of her and telling her she's doing great. And if this is what she wants to do, she should fucking go for it. Absolutely. And we're also the people who are like, you want to be a TV writer? Go into something else. But it's like she is doing great. She's a writer's PA on a high profile show. Fairly high profile. But like that's amazing if she just got out of college. Yes. Unless she's a terrible writer, which we can't gauge from here. But like. But here's the thing. Even if she's a terrible writer and she shouldn't be a writer, she'll figure that out on her own. Right. And it's maybe she'll be an executive. Path. Maybe she'll be an agent. Maybe she'll be a PR person. But she'll figure it out. Maybe yeah. she'll end up loving production and she'll be in production. It's her career to figure out. And risks, you know, it's like you need to take risks to get rewards. And especially now in the age of startups and everybody working for themselves and branding yeah. themselves, it's like take risks. Like, And as a parent, the, I think the best thing you can do as a parent is support your kids, allow them to fail, support them taking risks, and just like 
push them to be who they want to be, not who you think they should be, because eventually they're going to be 60. And if they're 60 and they're a CPA and they resent that they did that with their life, you know, they're going to resent you, like you're saying. So back off. (laughs) In the kindest way possible. (laughs) And you know what? Can I say to this mother, the fact that you're listening to our podcast, that you wrote this letter that you're being incredibly thoughtful, shows how much you care, how much you are invested in your child, and she is going to benefit greatly from that. So have faith in her and in yourself. And keep listening to the podcast, and you'll understand what she's doing. Yeah. And now it's time for hits and bombs, because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And Sarah, you have a bomb. Yes. Okay, so we talked about the panel that we did last week. (laughs) Um, So one of your hacks, I think, was to have a work makeup bag, right? Wasn't that a hack? Okay. Great idea. I copied you. I have a work makeup bag. So the day of the panel, I wear presentable clothing. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to put on my makeup when I get to work. And then my work makeup bag is not there. I don't know where it is. Did you take it home? I don't know. I'm like, if you have a work makeup bag. Leave it at work. Leave it at work. So I had to go to this panel with no makeup on. I had like a zit on my face. Not an ounce of makeup, which is the last thing you want when you're like, you know, <laughs> sitting, in sitting front there of with like the head people. of Sony casting <laughs> and like, you know, all these like wonderful people and Io, who's the head of casting at ABC, who's like ridiculously gorgeous. Yes, and, and fashionable. I'm like, yes, right? So anyway, I forgot to actually keep my work makeup bag at work, which is just embarrassing. Well, I have to say, I was impressed at how you were just like, well, going without makeup. <laughs> I thought you'd be a little more uh, reluctant to do that. I decided it was my own version of a feminist statement. Okay. Well, I was impressed. Thank you. <laughs> and, and also sympathetic, because that's tough. <laughs> Um, Okay, well, Sarah, we have a fun hit today. Oh, my God. So great. Because in the midst of us being tired and complaining, as we've been doing, um, we had such a great moment at work. It was a hit. It was a huge hit. Huge. So we went in for a music spotting session, and that's when we sit and we watch an episode with a composer— And we talk about where we think there should be music in the episode and what um, the tone of the music should be, where it should come in and out and all sorts of – it takes like hours. It takes a really long time. We have a wonderful composer named Greg Trippi, and he's been with us since the pilot. Um, And he just decided to bring in this instrument called a halo that he uses all the time in the show and to play it for us so we could hear the music, you know, in person that's in the show. And it's the most beautiful sounding instrument. It's a it's called a hand pan. It's like a steel drum. Yes. It's just incredible. So I'm going to press play on this little video I took and hold it up to the microphone.
So if you watch The Fix, you're going to hear a lot of that sound in the episodes. And it was so cool because it was like we're just there for spotting and suddenly we're having this amazing concert. And Sarah, you know I'm getting obsessed with the whole notion of sound baths. Yes. Um, and I want us to go to the Integratron, the Integratron that Mary <laughs> talked about in, yes. 20, in 2019. But I'm like, this is a perfect instrument for a sound bath. I mean, when he was playing, my whole body just went limp. I was like, I could just fall asleep right now to this gorgeous sound. I just love it. Uh, And on an interesting side note, Sarah, these instruments are in huge demand. And to get one from this company that Greg got it from, uh, Pantheon Steel, it's like you have to go through a whole process just to try to buy one of these. So it's just cool that he has it and then it's in our show. Yeah, it's very cool. And thank you to Greg for for bringing it in and playing it for us. Yes, and he did give us permission to post video of him playing it. So we'll post something on Instagram if you want to see our composer playing the Halo. Yes. Okay, coming up, our producer, Chuck Reed, is going to join us and reveal this week's Hollywood hack. But first, an ad break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, now it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack, and this comes from our producer, Chuck Reed. Chuck, welcome back to Happier in Hollywood. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So nice to be here, finally. (laughs) So passwords are chaotic to keep track of. Yes. And everybody has that problem, it seems like. So I use an app. The one I use is uh, called OneSafe, and I found it on an app website recommendation. And um, it's basically... You have one password that you come up with that nobody else would know, Mm -hmm. and then you keep all of your passwords in there. So I have it on my phone, so anytime it comes up, I just click on it, and there are all my passwords, and I can search for them or just scroll through it and find them. Okay, can I interrupt one second? Yes. I'm I'm looking it up right now, mm-hmm. and there's one that spells out the word one, O-N-E, safe, and then there's one with the number one, safe. Which one is it? It's the one that spells it out. That's the one I use. I don't know that it's the best one because okay. I haven't researched currently right. you know, like all of them. There's a million of <laughs> them now. But this one works. But it, it's very you've well. you've been re- using it. I personally like it, and it's really well reviewed. Do you have to pay a monthly fee? Most of them have a monthly fee, and uh, but they're usually they usually offer a free version, which doesn't have some of the features, which is like cross-platform on all of your devices. Mm. It might be 99 cents now. 
I'm I can swing up. 99 cents. I think I can too for this something is, this I important. I have to do this because it has gotten to the point where I am resetting a password at least once a day on something. Mm-hmm. And it's just mayhem. No, I need this so badly. Let's take a little time this afternoon and set up our one safe. It's called one safe. Yes, one safe. There's a couple of those last pass and one password. The number one and password is a really popular one that seems like a good one. Uh-huh. And they have a free tier, but also a paid tier for if you need all the features. Yeah, this is an example of how like technology can be the bane of our existence, like yeah. needing passwords, but can also be the solution, like how to keep your passwords. So, um, this is a great hack. I will say, my friend Iski has a good hack. Mm. He makes up a password that has a capital in it and numbers in it and just some random funny thing. It can be (laughs) cheeseburger or pizza or bicycle. Mm -hmm. And he adds whatever website it is, the first two letters to the beginning Ah. or end of it. Ah. So say it's like eBay. It'll be EB Pizza 23 exclamation point. That's smart. That's another good one. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Password hacks. We need as many as we can get. (laughs) Chuck, thank you so much. Thank you. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. And a special thanks for that hack today. Welcome. And everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, for keeping our lives together. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a fantastic Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Have you ever, Chuck, played a Halo hand pan? Oh, no, but they're so cool. I really like hearing them. You know, it's like $2,500. That thing sounded really cool. I'm very excited. That's I want, part of our score. Yeah, I know. I want Greg to just play it for like an hour and record it and then just like listen to it all the time. Oh, I want that. We'll try to get that out of him. <laughs> <laughs>